One, two, three. Apples, bananas, bears, 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 cats, pears, 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 silly bears. Let's get started. Phenomena. 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 Welcome back, everybody. This is the file drawer, a podcast with with Sarah or <laughs> Aram, Sam, and Eric. Nice. So now we're not we're, we're going to combine our names. Uh, it's yeah. pretty, that's pretty intimate, Eric. A little bit, a little bit. It's okay. <laughs> Speaking of intimacy, oh, oh um, I like what a great segue. Uh, no, maybe again. This is how my mind works. Uh-huh. Things make me think about other things. So. Uh, we'll quickly get to the jiu-jitsu story real quick. I think oh, it's funny. nice. So I'm, I'm at jiu-jitsu uh, training the other night. We're just rolling. and um, like, you know, l- like literally rolling. We're not talking about like slaying. You just like rolled in, but like you're like rolling around on a mat. Yeah, we're like sparring okay. and stuff. And so, actually, no, actually we're just doing drills. We're doing drills where um, we're practicing uh, drills where the person is on uh, top in a full mount position. Full mount, basically... Um, you are straddled over someone laying on their back on the mat. Okay. Um, they're riding you like a horse? Yeah. Are you on your hands and knees or on your side? <laughs> I'm on my back. Oh, on your back. Okay. Gotcha. Never mind. So Not you, like a horse. You already made <laughs> You already made it sound terrible. And this is going to make it sound even worse. I was picturing, no, just like on your hands and knees with like a toddler on your back. Like that. But no. no it's, yeah, okay. That is it's not different. It. Flat on my back. Okay. We're doing drills. Mm-hmm. He's straddled. Knees on the knees on the mat, uh, about around my torso, a little mm-hmm. high, mm-hmm. a little higher. And so he does a he's about to do his drill where he um, he's basically grabbing into my gi um, to get his hand in position to basically I think do a choke mm-hmm. and, and, and some some, uh, some moves in progression. And so as he's reaching in, I guess he catches a hangnail, which kind of jerks oh. his hangnail. Oh. Okay, right. <laughs> so instead of and he's like ah, and I guess he got it caught on the gi or whatever. So instead of getting off me, he proceeds to be like trying to bite it while he's biting his like, not even not the one next to the pinky like this, while he's sitting on top of me. And so and please tell me he like then spit a little piece of fingernail on you. Yeah, he didn't spit it on me. He was still getting at it. And I, but I was like, I was like, um, I was like, as you have your finger in your mouth, can you please n- not be straddling me as you do this? And he was like, oh yeah, my bad. And I was like, what are we doing? What's going on here? Like the image of that in my mind, I'm like, what if, what if, what's going on here? It just looked ridiculous. <laughs> that is like, that was a good jujitsu story. And that was intimate. That good, was a good segue. Good start. Any other, any other jujitsu stories? Um, no. Okay. I'm cool. Good. Cool. <laughs> How was your week? How have you been since the last time we were, uh, here in this room? Although this time we are no longer with Dana. Dana's Dana no has longer. left us. Dana has left us. Not, not like, the land of the living, but just not in the room here today. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Um, things are good. I, um, and actually, I was work, doing some work with her earlier today, which I'll talk about. I don't feel like talking about right now, but we'll probably talk about it in a little bit. What mm, they call that in the business, they call that a teaser. Teaser. <laughs> wait, wait for it. Wait for it. After, after the jump. <laughs> uh, we'll be right back, everybody. <laughs> um, so, yeah, just uh, trying to prep for you know going home to North Carolina. Um, and when when do you head back? Sunday. Sweet. Head back Sunday. Um, do you look forward to these trips? Like, is it like relaxing times being back with your family and being back in North Carolina, or is it like a just like a a, a duty? Or is your family listening to this podcast and and you, uh, you have to you have to say a certain thing? 
you can you can blink to me, blink to me twice if you're meaning the opposite. I'm going to go ahead and share. <laughs> I have no reason to lie about anything. I think it becomes a duty. Uh-huh. Um, there's nothing like being in your own space. Yeah, you know. Yeah, that's true. And so you know, I go back home. My sister uh, is actually staying at my mom's house right now because she moved back to Raleigh mm-hmm. a while back. But uh, um, that might be too much information. Nah, I don't think she cares. <laughs> but uh, right now, she's she's in my, my what was my room right. previously. Right. Um, so I don't really have my room anymore. Yeah, I know how that goes. Uh, and so it's just, you know, I don't have my own space. Yeah. Um, nor will I have a car when you drive back. So I'm thinking about, oh, yeah. I might rent a car, but that's expensive. We'll see. Um, obviously I like seeing my, my family yeah, being, yeah. especially so far. I mean, you're, you're just as far, if not yeah. further. Um, so that's good to sort of be like, you know, be on the same time zone. I think it becomes very difficult to stay in touch as you should being in different time zones. Yeah. Because, you know, our schedules, well, I know mine, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, there's no such thing as a weekend per se. Mm-hmm. Like you have some days on, off, heavier, yeah. not heavier. But I don't know what day it is. Most of the, like I'm just kind of going. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm just kind of going during like maybe football season. I don't really watch it, but when the games are on, I know what day it is. Um, right. And then, <laughs> that's like, like the most American thing I've ever heard. You know what day of the week it is by whether or not there's a football game happening, even though you don't even watch or it. Or a lot, you know, a lot, <laughs> yeah. a lot of games. You know? Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, and then. Um, on top of that, just the you know being hours behind while I'm kind of back at home relaxing, they might be headed for bed. Yeah. So that's just that kind of gets you off sync. Um, Very true. And my family doesn't. We not like we list. We don't live near our extended family, mm. so it's not like you know I'm there. Right. My grandparents right. are there. A lot of people go home, and everybody's there. Yeah, that's kind uh, of how it is for me. That means, and if you hope to visit them, which everybody wants you to visit them. It becomes like a okay. Let's plan this out. This is about to be a gauntlet. <laughs> so yeah, look, we you? have like a, a family party usually where I can kind of knock it all out in one go. Nice, um, which is which is nice. No, yeah, I'm I'm going home to to Michigan on uh, Christmas Eve, leaving here at like 6 a.m. Flying out, uh, so that'll be a fun day of travel. Hopefully, no major delays or anything. Being stranded. I think I have a layover yeah. in Phoenix. Well, that's not going to be bad then. Um, yeah, I mean, there shouldn't. I don't think we're going to have any bad weather here. I think the East Coast. If I was flying somewhere to the East Coast, that would be a problem potentially. Yeah. But I think I think we'll be fine. Uh, I did that last year, Fu, on Christmas Eve, and it it was fine. Yeah. No problems really. Um, getting my flight home has just been a uh, a, a a fiasco. Yeah. Uh, of my own making, largely. Yeah, you were talking. But, <laughs> you were talking about. A, yeah. Uh, you care about no, basically, it was basically my, my parents are incredibly generous and offered to buy my ticket home. Uh, I just had to, f- you know, find the, the flight that I wanted and make the purchase. And they were, um, and they gave me their credit card number and they, they bought my ticket home. It was awesome. Uh, so I try being trying to be the dutiful and good son, tried to buy the cheapest flight I could possibly find, and it ended up being on Spirit. And I forgot how terrible Spirit was and how the reason <laughs> it's so cheap. I mean, they they build themselves as a budget airline, so I mean, they're I, I shouldn't have been surprised, but the 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 price you pay for the ticket includes no bags, including carry-ons, and so you have to pay all of that separately. And f- I don't know how this happened. Maybe I, I guess I maybe booked through. I must I must have booked through a third party instead mm-hmm. of th- through directly through Spirit because the way it ended up getting booked, it was two separate flights. Even though, I mean, it was basically fly from L.A. to Las Vegas, Las Vegas to Detroit. 
And normally that'd be like one flight with like a connecting flight in the middle. And that's how it would show up on a ticket. For whatever reason, this showed up as two totally separate flights, which meant I was gonna have to pay for my two bags, which are gonna be about $100 twice just to get home. <laughs> so I was looking at like 200 bucks basically on top of what my parents had paid for me to get home with my bags. I'm taking yeah. my hockey equipment home because I think we're going to buy some ice and then there's going to be an alumni game that I'm going to play in. So I want to bring my gear. So I was like, oh, I was really mad at this point. And I had like a nine hour layover in Las Vegas. I'm like, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to look up other flights. Maybe I can find one that's not that expensive and then I'll, I'll get a refund from Spirit and just take a new flight. So I found one on Christmas Eve that's not that expensive. I was like, all right, sweet. You know, I'm gonna. So if I refund this from Spirit, I'll get like 250 bucks back, and then it'll basically be like an extra hundred dollars for me to buy this new flight. Did the refund from Spirit? Did not realize Spirit does not do refunds until after I had initiated the refund. So now I have a useless 250 dollars voucher from Spirit that I have to use before February 15th. So 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 and then so before I, February, they put a timeline on yeah. it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, that's Spirit's crazy. A, Spirit's a joke. Uh, so then I just went and bought my own ticket for 350 bucks home. Uh, so. That was a fiasco. Maybe you can sell the voucher for like $25 less. Yeah. Just so you don't have to deal with them. Maybe. I, but knowing Spirit it probably has to be like tied to my name somehow. Yeah. And it's, I don't know. This is a, it was a combination of Spirit being terrible and me being an idiot. Yeah. They really did not make it clear when I was getting ready to do that refund that it was just going to be a travel voucher. <laughs> it just said like the button said like refund. Or, or like can, the button said like cancel reservation. And I, I mean I was prepared to eat part of that that yeah, price like yeah. of course that's what i expected i thought i'd get like 250 bucks back no i just got a, a, a travel voucher so maybe sometime in february i'm gonna fly to like san francisco and back for like a day yeah try to use it but as well anyway this has been a an exercise in the sunk cost fallacy i was really <laughs> yeah. thinking a lot about that as i was sitting here feeling terrible about myself yeah um it's called spirit because they take your spirit in the process of trying to book with them. Uh, I hadn't thought of it that way, but... You should go out and go uh, caribou hunting. I don't <laughs> think there are caribou in you guys, Michigan. You guys got caribou up there? <laughs> I don't... I, no, a lot of people go deer hunting, though. Deer yeah. hunting, so, for some people, it's like a, like a holiday, like yeah. a national holiday. You should go people deer hunting work. and ship some meat down here, man. That would be pretty great. Oh, man. Venison? It'd probably be deer so expensive. Deer jerky? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, find some meat. Hey, I told you the story about my buddy from Michigan. He got some meat. It was for a farm though, but uh, it was the best. It was the best meat ever. My had. brother goes hunting. Maybe he, maybe he shot a deer, and we can get yeah. some some venison out all, of that. All I know is people talk about the back strap. The, I, guess, I guess it's the part near. Oh, okay. The back. I don't know. Or, uh, all right, that's it, <laughs> sweet. I don't know. What I'm talking. We're about. so knowledgeable. <laughs> uh, I have no idea. Yeah, that's good, man. Well, I'm, yeah. I'm yeah. sorry. No, it's all good. Trip. Um, trying to be it was, cheap. What I what I learned is I have to be well. I've officially learned to never try to fly with Spirit. So basically, I paid, I paid three hundred fifty bucks to learn that to be more careful when I book flights. Yeah, you know what me and my friends used to say—not our phrase, but anybody—you got to charge it to the game, man. You heard that phrase before? No. Charge it. <laughs> charge Educate me. Charge it to the game. It's just <laughs> how it is. It's, it's, I think it's equivalent of you win some, lose some. Uh, you know, whatever. Poop happens. It, it happens. It happens. <laughs> All right. It happens. <laughs> cool. So that was, that's been my big exciting thing. Yeah, it sucks. Uh, other than that, it's finals week for those of our classmates who are still in coursework. Yeah. Which means since I have oh. TA classes, I've been proctoring final exams and putting off grading them. Oh, so I was about to ask, are you done grading or no? Oh, God, no. Yeah. I haven't started grading exams yet. Hmm. I've been grading 
this one class that I was teaching, they had these learning journals that they did throughout the semester. They did like six of them, and each one was like two pages long. So yeah. 39 students times 12 pages of writing. I've been grading those. I finished those. Uh, but that took a long time. Yeah. This weekend, I'm going to start the grading process. They're not due until just after New Year's, though, so I don't have to have them done. I mean, it would be awesome to have them done before I fly home because yeah. then I don't have to worry about them. Yeah. But I also don't want to give myself unnecessary stress trying to get them all done before right. then. Yeah. So we'll see. I'm probably going to end up doing them at home. Now, do you feel that someone... Uh, do you feel like someone incapable of booking their own flight home... <laughs> Should be grading. <laughs> Should be grading anything. Final exam. <laughs> you know what, Eric? I want to be mad at you, but you have a great point. Uh, you have a good point. I got, I got something for that. <laughs> oh, I'm sure you do. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, luckily, I think I know organizational behavior better than booking tickets. Yeah. So I should be okay. And it says a lot about Spirit's organization. I mean, oh my god. Or, the customer service side, man. You, you made well. You made the good point that I mean. So I mean, I'm, I'm I understand. Spirit is a budget airline. They're not trying to build themselves as like this really nice airline. They're for people who want to fly very cheap. But you, you made the point that maybe they 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 are okay with people getting confused and doing exactly what I did because I just made some really easy money off <laughs> of me. <laughs> that's, that's their that's their uh, that's their business strategy. They, they, they seek out idiots. <laughs> Uh, I fell right into their I, trap. I know. Dang it. Yeah. I mean, there, there, I mean, there are companies out there certainly that, um, <laughs> you know, provide a poor product with the expectation that most people are just going to charge to the game, take one for the team. It <laughs> yeah. is what it is. Well, Say and, and it's even it's not even necessarily like the product side of things. But think about if companies actually cared about us knowing what was in their end user license agreements, yeah. they would be written a very different way. Yeah. And they wouldn't be presented in this like little window that you have to like just click through. There's if they actually cared, they would do it a different way. So Yeah. yeah. That's very true. There's but, um I mean, have you ever read a an a Eula? I well, you're the wrong question. You're a complete nerd. You probably have, haven't you? I have before, mm -hmm. not in like the greatest detail, but I have like looked at stuff like because um, I'm like oh, screw this. But then I'm like screw it. There's a documentary on Netflix which I haven't watched. So, you know, obviously, I like I, again not promoting Netflix. I, what I will say about Netflix, sometimes you can find jewels in the rough. Mm. Diamonds in the rough. Diamonds in the rough. We've talked. I think we had a name. One of our podcast episodes was <laughs> yeah. called Diamonds and something about rough and diamonds. Yeah, um, but. uh so you're a huge Netflix fan. We got that. And no, no, come on, Tay. Whoa. 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 Whoa, whoa. whoa. This ba what, is, what is the baby laughing at me? What, what, what is what? Sam. Get your baby away. All right. Come on, shut up, baby. All right. So I like Netflix. Anyway, you can find some jewels. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Diamonds in the rough. But um, so I'm bringing that up for two reasons. Now it's making me think about something else. But uh uh, there is a documentary I haven't watched yet, but I think it's supposedly supposed to be kind of talking about these sort of end user license agreements. You know, there's a clause in almost every single one that's like this: the software is like not suitable for like any reason or for any purpose. Is there? Like Just, almost every piece of software has that yeah. in it. But probably because somebody's trying to sue for something stupid. Exactly, that's you true. Know? Um, <laughs> not yeah. suitable for any purpose. Yeah. Great. <laughs> but speaking so talking about Netflix yeah, too, sorry. it makes it makes Derail me think you. about a. No, please derail. That's, again, my, my world revolves around a little bit of derailment. Okay. Um, don't worry about me. I got my training wheels on, son. Okay. I tip over one side. Bye, man. Um, 
But I'm, I just discovered something new I want to talk about okay. on Netflix. So okay. it's, a, it's an old show. It's an old BBC show. Um, new to Netflix today as well. I don't even know today's date. It probably came out last Ninth, week. 19th. Or, yeah, it's been up for a couple weeks now. I know I saw when, uh, when it was added. Uh, Black Mirror on the BBC. I've heard very good things. One of the – my new – my most favorite podcast from 2014 called Hello Internet and – they talked about Black Mirror a yeah. decent amount on it, and it it got on my radar to the point where I went and looked for it on Netflix, and it wasn't available yet. And I was like, "Oh man!" Yeah, yeah. But now, now it's there, so now I'm excited. So I'm gonna go I'm, watch it. I'm curious to know. Obviously, you haven't watched it, but I'm curious to know just the highlights of what they said about it. They talked about one specific episode mm-hmm. that involved. Oh, I don't, oh god, I don't if even remember. If it's, if it's spoilers, don't. It's, it's spoilery. Yeah, do it's spoilery. I've heard, I've heard other podcasts actually. Yeah. Um, mention it but they didn't give out any spoilers okay. they're just like these episodes are crazy so how would you describe it it's 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 like a tv show it's not a documentary right it's a tv show okay uh created by this guy uh charlie brooker i'm gonna put a pin in his name real quick because i want to talk about him in a second okay um and uh, how some of the shows and i guess britain or the uk on the bbc operate they do the seasons different and i kind of like how they do the seasons uh it's a three. I think Sherlock Holmes has done the same way, but uh, each season there's about three episodes that are a little longer. I think they might go an hour and a half, perhaps. Um, and so far on Netflix, there's two seasons, and I think they're actually. I think that might be all that's created now. I think that they are working on a third season. Uh, the beautiful way, of, like how that's set up, is like it feels like almost like a movie each episode, and it pulls you in just enough, but also lets you. You know, you also know that you have a little bit more coming. Um, and so let me just tell you, I watched the first episode. The the National Anthem. Is that what it's called? Yes. Okay, I'm on Wikipedia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, that tells you nothing about what yeah. the episode's about. You know nothing <laughs> about what this show episode's yes. about. But don't don't read the summary because you're going to... I won't. Um, I'm just looking at the overall. And I don't want to hype it up too much here because sometimes you can overhype. But um, I, I started watching the first episode not knowing what it was. Mm. And after the first one, I was like, oh, man, I'm going to be up all night. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's he, the, again, I keep going back to Hello Internet, but the, one of the guys in there talked about how rare it is that you sit down to watch something knowing nothing about it and how that's like the most pure viewing experience and how if you can get that with something, it's so great. And if that thing ends up being great, it's even better. Dude. And here's the thing. So uh, even the unfamiliar, unfamiliarity of the actors in it, I don't know if it's because they're not mainstream actors mm. or it's because it's British actors. I don't know. So it felt like it had the potential to be like low budget, mm-hmm. but the acting was good. I, I felt the acting was good. Even when it felt like it was across each episode, even when it felt like it wasn't going to be, right. I was like, wow. And um, a lot of these episodes, like a lot of the episodes just had like this built tension in it where you think, okay, release the pressure a little bit, release the, no, no, <laughs> like it, it's not. It, yeah. And it's just all the way through. So even how the episodes, I, you know, they always say that um, uh, most stories are the same. Yeah. And certainly, I guess it had the same sort of uh, plot points, maybe, as other stories. It was so creative and so different in what went into the story uh, that I really appreciated. Very creative. I'm like, hey, how is this guy thinking of this? <laughs> like, you know. Yeah. So is it is it like a drama or science fiction or what, how would you describe it? It's uh, a little bit of both. Okay. Um, not too sci-fi like Battlestar Galactica, yeah. but it definitely is something that it, it's all. I, you know, I kind of view it as a social commentary mm-hmm. about maybe technology a little bit, but it's also a drama. Um, and so that brings me to when I started looking up who does it, mm-hmm. I was like, 
You, you dude. Okay. Mr. Brooker. I was okay. All right. Okay. All right. I get it. I didn't know you had this in you but in terms of the creativity. So did remember, you know him from before? Did you recognize the name? I, I did. I oh, did. Okay. Um, so years ago, and I don't know what year. It's, these are things I discovered on YouTube, not actually mm-hmm. watching the BBC. But I, I really appreciate um, – so on pre-podcast, but I'll probably end up bringing up this other stuff at some point. But I really appreciate um, another BBC guy who creates documentaries like Century of the Self. It's Adam Curtis, gentleman. Mm-hmm. And so around that era when I discovered him, uh, Adam Curtis and his documentaries – Somehow it led me into the direction of looking at some of Charlie Brooker's work. And um, two things in particular, and I'm going to actually try to bring up one, one thing that I really, I think, concisely describes this one project. Okay. So uh, one was being Charlie Brooker's news wipe. Okay. And also he does a, a screen wipe as well. And so it's, it's documentary in a sense that you know, it's his commentary or his description, his um, observations about how the news is presented and how like the other one, I think is more media in general is presented uh, stylistic approaches and sort of commentary on, on the news mm-hmm. without being the news. Um, so I'm, I'm going to play something in a second that kind of, uh, I'm not going to play that cause that's way too long. Uh, there's something that really describes it. Uh, let's see. Do you might, and also I think, he, I think, I haven't been following this, but I think what he does is like wipes each year that maybe breaks down the news and how it's, um, again, delivered. I, again, I, I have not watched any of those. So this is what we do. This is what we do as we, as we go through. I had it queued up, but I kind of messed up here. So I'm going to keep on talking to distract the audience a little bit. You're doing a great job. You're distracting me. All right, so this so is one, this is one thing. Uh, so it's uh, Charlie Brooker's How to Report the News. And it's it's short, but I think it kind of covers. Um... We'll cut it out. Oh, there we go. Report visual language established itself. One that's immediately recognizable to anyone. I'm not gonna me has this report. It starts here with a lackluster establishing shot of a significant location. Next, a walkie-talkie preamble from the auteur, pacing steadily towards the lens, punctuating every other sentence with a hand gesture and ignoring all the pricks milling around. And he's showing what he's describing. ...through the fucking matrix before coming to a halt and posing a question. What comes next? (laughs) Often something like this, a filler shot designed to give your eyes something to look at while my voice babbles on about facts. Sometimes it'll slow down to a halt, turn monochrome, and some of those facts will appear one by one on the screen. This is followed by the obligatory shots of overweight people with their faces subtly framed out, after which the report is padded out with a selection of lazy and pointless vox pops. Um, usually get some inane chatter from people. I think they do have too much. I think what we want to hear is actually what's happening and not what other people think of it. I hate these same zone baits. I couldn't see the video that you had up there, but I could picture every news thing that I've ever seen. You've seen it all. <laughs> yeah. You've seen it all. And so it's like, I love how he's just break, He's just deconstructing the ridiculousness of what all these people probably learn yeah. in film school or news school, or, you know, yeah. communication this, school. Like, this is the formula for doing a report from the field. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. And I, uh, when I first saw that, I was like, this is just hilarious. Yeah. This is like he's clearly someone who has a cynicism about the news. Yeah. Um, in one of his episodes, he's talking about 
I think he does like the screen screen uh, the news wipe of 2013. He does like a final mm-hmm. end of the year wipe of 2013. Whatever the new pope was getting, mm-hmm. whatever he goes, uh, he talks about how we do a zoom up of the chimney, yep. waiting yep. for this, you know. And it's like, yeah, and these things are designed to evoke some emotional experience, to persuade. And things like that. But when you break down the nuance of it, you're like, oh, silly me. Silly <laughs> how do rabbit. I, how do I fall for that? Silly rabbit. Yeah. Um, and I've always been a sort of a cynical type of uh, person about mm-hmm. things like that. Mm. And then when you, th- I mean, you know, when you think about the news, <clears throat> when you think about even the news, pe- people who do the news, even if it's local news, that voice, that sounds <laughs> like it's Midwest. And per- I can't do it. But, you know, like they all learn a voice. They <laughs> yeah. all learn a voice. And then you think about even the, the news uh, – of these uh, 24-hour news, they have, oh, sorry, they have their approach. And then they talk like this. And they can stand silent. And they try to bring you in to jump on their side. You I'm know, on your side You now. know what I'm saying? It's almost like a, it's almost like a southern, a preacher of a southern Baptist church. Yeah. And it's all these things constructed to try to influence and try to convince and try to entertain. And it's yeah. so interesting. So I saw that. So to get back to the point, I'll <laughs> When I saw Charlie Brooker, his name on this, I was like, oh, this has, this is going to be good. Yeah. And I watched the first episode of Black Mirror, and I was like, ooh, okay. Yeah. I remember now you talking about Charlie Brooker before you knew anything about Black Mirror. So like, did I? But yeah, I'm pretty sure you did. Maybe it was from one of our unreleased episodes, but I remember you talking about that type of stuff. Yeah. Um, so, it, so I'm sure when you saw his name connected with this, you're like, oh, that's why it's so good. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. and if you want to see the video of the, the audio clip that Eric just played, you can check it out at our show notes, which you can find at thefiledrawer.audio backslash episodes backslash seven, the numeral seven. Yeah. And definitely go check out Black Mirror. Yeah. Check out Black I'm gonna Mirror. I'm going to check it out. We're, we're on break. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch it. Yeah. I'm going to watch all of them. Here's the thing. I also described it. It's one of the things that you'll either like or not like. Mm-hmm. You know, the episode that I heard the guys on Hello Internet talk about sounded intense. Uh, so I'm looking forward to it. Real intense. Yeah. It, if, yeah. And like, if you hear about people hyping it up too much, I might ruin it. But eh, either way, right. I think it's so creative. And each each one of the episodes, I think, is so creative. I'm like, oh, all right. Maybe we'll have to do uh, an episode of the file drill where we break down one of the episodes. We'll assign some homework, make people watch it. But a special, be, special episode where we break yeah. down a uh, Black Mirror episode. I would definitely love that. I would put right. a, definitely put a spoiler alert on that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Cool. Man, you're a man after my own heart. <laughs> that was a weak setup. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible. That's terrible. Um, cool. I have a question for you. Sir. I just mentioned that we were going on break. And uh, how are you good at taking breaks? I'll leave it at that. Uh, no. No. All right. What I thought that I mean, it sounds like a stupid question, but what what is it uh, about taking breaks that, or your ability or inability to take breaks that makes you say that? I, I tend to get kind of obsessed about either trying to figure stuff out, like it. Sometimes work, I find get pleasure out of work. Yeah, well, that's a good. That's a good problem to have. But not all work. Yeah. Um, so sometimes I'll just get obsessed with things, but I st- I'll still feel exhausted after doing it. Like, mm. oh, I just spent this much time on this. <laughs> um, I think I tend to overthink things. Yeah. Um, so which basically the, prolongs my work a little bit more. The the other day you did contact me on Slack at really late at night, obviously doing lots of research about our audio for this podcast. <laughs> and you apologized for obsessing. And I said, Eric, 
Dude. Don't apologize. We need someone to obsess over this. I was enjoying doing it. Exactly. But at the, at the at the same time, like it's I think it's still super important that we are able to like rest and rejuvenate and come back like recharged as well too. So it's it's a tough balance if you're enjoying the work, but also not like giving yourself a chance to like just chill. Yeah, you know, I think I need to uh, probably do a better job of giving myself to chill. At the same time, I don't think I need as long to chill as others. As an entire break. I, I can't yeah. imagine like sleeping all day. Oh yeah. Um, I can't imagine just doing nothing for an extended amount of time. Um, yeah, I can't imagine doing that. You're just a productive dude. Not really. I just <laughs> whatever. I try to learn. I try to think. Oh, I can learn that and all, but I don't. Yeah. I so don't. what? So what are you planning to do on this break then? I mean, you know, you're going home, but do you have any like? Anything that you've been backburnering for a while, thinking like, you know, I can't work on this right now, but, you know, now that I'm on break, I might do a thing or learn a thing or what, what's, what's on your docket for break? Um, my docket for break is to get my thesis data analyzed, written up, and hopefully t- submitted so that people can review it so that I can eventually get it signed off and be done with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, basically analyze the data for my thesis proposal. I really gotcha. want to do that. Yeah. And that, that I'm going to try to make that take priority. Um, there are other things that I would say, like, but I, so I'm trying to do things maybe different during this break. Mm-hmm. Typically other breaks I've said, I'm going to try to learn R, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, um, but R, not, R is a uh, stats oh, yeah. program. Yeah. It's a, yeah, uh, data and analytic, uh, yeah. I want to learn R. So you learn R and then you can teach me yeah. R. Or <laughs> I, I want to learn how to code a Android application, you know, mm-hmm. uh, but I never have enough time to do it. Yeah, and then and, you just feel bad for having that intention and then letting it fall yeah, through. Yeah, yeah, So now it's just this one thing is my ultimate goal. Yeah. Obviously, I guess I have some re- – Sam's my research lab okay. lead, and I have some some projects assigned. Some, for my it's re- some BS busy work that yeah. your boss slash leader is making you do. But <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah. So that's that's my priority for right yeah. now because I just need to progress and. Uh, yeah. Push that forward. Right, because your ultimate due date on that is what the end of this is May, right? Yes. Yeah, yes. so you have to have it done by May. Yeah. And there's no reason for me not to have it done. Right, because you have all the data. It's yeah. just a matter of analyzing it and writing it up, right? Yeah, I should have been kind of done. I, 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 again, me sort of overthinking it, wanting to look at it. And I think it's actually good. Mm-hmm. Wanting to look at it in various different types of ways. Right, you didn't. Um, you weren't just going to go in with like your maybe original data analysis plan and whether or not the data actually was appropriate for that and just get it done and check it off. Yeah. You wanted to like think it through very carefully yeah. to see if there are other things yeah. that you should be doing. Or... Yeah. And I think there's a, uh, there's a step in the process that I think is important, which I, I thought was less weird after talking to Becky like a couple months ago. She mm-hmm. was like, yeah, you know, in other, in, even at ILA, at the ILA conference, someone else kind of said something similar. But you have to become familiar with your data. Yeah. You know, That's you can't point. You just throw it in something and all of a sudden – Oh, you know. Right. Yeah. Even though these, these, these stats programs and stuff will, I mean, you, you like literally hit buttons and it gives you output. It's not just a matter of importing your data, hitting a couple buttons and then having the answer. Right. Like that's not it at all. And it's not, it's not a matter of just fiddling with it until you get, to, I, I was just talking about oh, yeah, it. It's not about fiddling with it until you get the answers that you want yeah, either. <laughs> you want to make sure, you, you want to make sure that you, that you claim, hey, you can't fix it after you, yeah. if your research method sucked, you can't fix that. Yeah. But, um, even like your analytic technique, your method as you approach it. I, I love one thing about our, our professor, um, our stats professor, is he always emphasizes. I noticed this uh, when I did the, one of the professional development workshops, even prior to me coming here. He always emphasizes: look at the data first. Like, like 
put it in like graph forms and stuff. Graph form, yeah. look at descriptives. Yeah. See what you got. Yeah. Get become you know. Uh, he calls it the intraocular trauma t- intraocular yeah. trauma test. Basically, just looking at it and be like, "Whoa, that's not right." Yeah, because <laughs> what I always say is, I mean, the, the phrase that everybody always says is "garbage in, garbage out," which yeah. I, I like that phrase. But what I always say um, also is, a lot of these um, software programs, if you put numbers in, it's going to spit you back out something. Yeah. Sometimes it won't. Like if it's a sort of iterative iterative technique. It'll fail to converge, or maybe it'll just if it's so bonkers, if if uh, all if all the assumptions are violated, it just won't work. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of times, it will give you back it, numbers. It'll give you numbers, and you can try your best to interpret them. And yeah. Maybe even come up with some sort of interpretation, but the yeah. numbers may mean nothing. Maybe nothing. Yeah. And so then you try to publish it, all this stuff, and it's like oh, you're just making up. You're just yeah. making up you know, this stuff up now. So I, I think it's a. Uh, and the importance of anybody doing like social research or research or any type of research, it's imperative that I think we try to be thorough. Oh yeah. In both a first design, research design, mm-hmm. and then second, in the type of analyses that you choose and your methods, um, and you should be you should be thoughtful about it because you want to be be able to communicate it or write it up in a very transparent way. So the audience, and I would say, not all the lay people, but someone. Could potentially, you know, an intro to psych person could look it up and get something, get some value out of it, perhaps. Um, right. So that's that's my opinion about that. So I feel like I'm ranting right now, but no, let me just shut. I, up. I like I like when you rant, especially yeah. on stat stuff. Well, I mean, the whole point of being transparent and writing clearly is that other people should be able to do what you did and replicate exactly that. And and if I there's plenty of stuff that we read that has been published that is not transparent or clear in yeah. that way and yeah. and things do get through but i i recently shared with the the research lab um something i think it was written by dan pink which he recently published a book about or no stephen pinker um mm-hmm. recently published a book about writing well and writing like with style and he I, I shared this article along with a couple other co-authors just about why academic writing is so bad and how to make it better because yeah. there's so there's a lot of pressure I think in academia to write in such a way that makes you look smart. Smart. Yep. And it results in this writing that even experts have incredibly difficult time uh, deciphering. Yeah. And he gives lots of examples. He's a psychologist. Yeah. Um, and he gives examples. He's like, I. And I think he teaches at Harvard. Like, and he gives like gives like excerpts from published articles. He's yeah. like, I have no idea what this means. Yeah. I I teach psychology. At Harvard, and I have no idea what this author is trying to say. There's no reason it has to be that yeah. way. So I, I, I'm really interested in trying to buck that trend with my own academic writing because I, I, I feel that pressure too. Like, oh, is what I'm writing like even yeah. any good? Like, does it sound like am I just like, I don't know, is this too simple? Like, yeah. I, I, and I, I shouldn't be asking myself that, but yeah. I, I do. It, yeah. It's silly. Uh, uh, and I'm saying this for like we're recording this. We're putting it up on their net. So who knows? Who ends up listening to this in the, in the future? So your future boss. <laughs> no, I'm not, mm. I'm not even talking about that. But I'm saying <laughs> okay. someone interested in psychology oh, or research. Okay. Gotcha. So yeah. um, I'll, I'm going to be just true about true. To, this is true to myself. I don't know what other people's experience was. But in coming back to school here, uh, I had been out of school for a while. Even after having gotten a master's degree, um, I'd been out of school for a while. But in our intro, in our research methods course, we had to read a lot of those articles, and I honestly felt. Um, it's almost like I, I experienced almost a sense of 
I don't belong here because I have no idea what some of this stuff is saying. Yeah. Like, it, yeah. It, it's just in my head. I'm like, is, am I the only one who has – I'm reading it. I'm rereading it, trying to take detailed notes. And I'm like, why? What? <laughs> what is – what? What is, yeah. what is this person saying? Yeah. And so, like, until like, after talking to other people, I was like, oh, other people experience it too. Yeah. And, and oh, I think too – and then we would come to class. Well, I think our professor did a pretty good job of – we would like, ask a question like, what is going on here? And like, oh, it's just blah, blah, blah. And it's like, oh, that's so simple. Why didn't they write that in a yeah. simpler way? Yeah. <laughs> And I, you know, I'm, I'm, I think I can be guilty of this too, especially because I like, um, I like, I'm interested in sort of this analysis mm-hmm. piece, um, and I'm, it's a learning process for me. They do them, and also how to write them up. And I'm also like, based on my past job, I used to kind of write technical reports that mm-hmm. were very technical. I mean, right? You do this step, 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 and like so detailed and bogged down with things that. May not make sense to the layperson, um, so I think I'm guilty of like sounding too jargony. Too mm-hmm. well, and yeah. jargon plays an important role in certain places. I mean, there are words that we use in any field uses where everybody within that field yeah. understands it. It's common same language, space, common language, and it's yeah. in it. It's just you. You have to use that. But there's certain that only goes so far. Yeah, and and at certain point, you just get to the point where you are. Just trying to flout some specialized language that's not necessary. Yes, it's like no. come on, <laughs> let's let's stop, let's stop. You know, yeah. because again, ultimately, hopefully, especially in the applied research world, we want the findings to to be used and applied in in real world settings. Yeah, I, I feel like a, a semi intelligent person who's interested in the research that you just did, even if they don't have in depth research knowledge. Should be able to understand the vast majority. Maybe they get lost in the stats, like the, the stats write up, because there's a lot of specialized stuff there. That is understandable. But everything else, in terms of the literature review and the research method that you used and your results and your discussion, I mean, should be written clearly enough that somebody who's interested should be able to, be like, oh, okay, I, maybe I don't get all of it, but I get the gist of what's going on. Exactly. And sometimes. I don't even get the gist of what's going on in an article, and I'm supposed to be like in depth in the in the field. Yeah. So to those authors of those papers, yeah, stop it! You're being terrible. Oh, you got. Oh, here we go. You get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir. Or I ma'am. Said, or ma'am. Or ma'am. Or ma'am. There's some ma'ams out there who can't write either. Yeah. Man, uh, I felt good to get that off my chest. Get it off. No, you're not the only one who read things and I didn't know. get it. I know that now. Yeah. At the time, though, as a first year, it's a scary feeling. Yeah, it's like, It's really scary. What? Yeah. And some of our classmates are better than others at putting forth this air of, like, understanding. Yeah. Um, So, like, you can look around and... I'm the same way. Like, like I I think we talked about this before. I'm like, I don't know if there's... I'll be like, I have no idea what what you're saying. Yeah. Please use a different language, sir. (laughs) I don't understand you. You know? Man. (laughs) But uh, I, I told you that... Me and Dana were working earlier today. Yeah, so so Dana's throat hurts, right? Yeah, like so she has a sore throat, and um, so how she's been? We've been working together in the same room. Mm-hmm. We're basically doing some analyses for a um, something that we're trying to submit to a conference that uh, that's coming up. Mm-hmm. For the deadline's coming up mid January, so we're um, we collected. So the scope, the general scope of the project is um, we did a study. As a part of a research, uh, sorry, as a part of a leader development uh, program uh, last year, that you know it went over maybe the course of the overall thing was like several months, but the, in terms of where we collect the data, is about I'd say twelve weeks or so. 
And so we collected um, uh, longitudinal data, in a sense, repeated measures data uh, on a couple of different uh, variables, um, one being like learning goal orientation, um, uh, leader identity, and leader developmental efficacy, which I will not define here. But uh, so we're doing some uh, analyses on that. Um, we're basically testing our, we're doing, we're testing our hypotheses, essentially. Mm -hmm. And uh, using a technique where I've had a class in, um, but our data is, you know, all data is not perfect all the time. So we're trying to figure out how to uh, approach the data and do the, again, technique right. And I'm also kind of not teaching data, but kind of giving her guidance on um, how to run the analyses as well. Mm -hmm. So we're basically trying to figure this stuff out together. So working together and her not being able to talk makes it kind of difficult, but <laughs> very entertaining. <laughs> So she's been um, just kind of typing into a Word document, and um, her what her response is to things that I'm saying, uh -huh. and we were kind of looking back at the Word document, which actually got her to email me on the phone, <laughs> and I thought I thought it was funny. It's right. actually it may not be funny. It may be funny. I'll be I'll be the judge. I wasn't there, so I'm a, right. I, I'm a third party external observer. So here. she says. Um, so then this is and this is our guest from last week. So if you're an yeah. avid listener of the file drawer, picture the voice from last week typing things. So it still hurts. So I'll try not. No, it still hurts. So I'll try not to use it. But it's slightly better than today than yesterday. The truth talking about her voice. I'm guessing. All right, yeah. good. I, I guessed it. Yes. Why include the diagonal at all? Why not just report null? A R H one. A R one. But diag doesn't make sense. My gut says we should do a linear, then quadratic, and just report if linear is not significant. Say. This is this is actually really interesting. Um, Let's follow their orders then so we don't get confused later. Let's see. Um, just FYI, I'm only like 80, I'm only following like 80%. <laughs> where the fat foot is more comfortable, uh, where the fat foot is more comfortable sandals. <laughs> no, <laughs> what does that even mean? It's a, I tried to use a metaphor. Um, <laughs> <laughs> kind of duh, right? Like, so what? It's just that <laughs> we know people differ on LGO. <laughs> Say it again. Need to go to the bathroom or get coffee? <laughs> Maybe you're not supposed to do that. <laughs> this is... The best one. I'm going to preface this, this one. Uh, I, I was talking about how, I've, you know, some of the podcasts I listen to are comedy podcasts. Uh -huh. And uh, several of them have um, made comments and jokes about Silver Lake Hipsters, which is an area... That supposedly has hipsters. Can I just point out, when we were in San Diego, Dana kept trying to make me go to Silver Lake because she was like, that's where my people are. Dana thinks I'm like this incredible hipster. She's not even as hipster <laughs> as whatever. Yeah. yeah. She, she was like, oh, you should go hang out in Silver Lake. Like, your people are there. Like, coffee shops and beards. Yeah. Like, I'm, okay, I have that's a beard a, and I like coffee, but I'm... That's about it. <laughs> so the, one of the podcasts, I brought it up because one of the podcasts um, I was listening to, which one was it? I don't remember. I don't remember. Um... They were talking about uh, people wearing hammer. No, it was. It might have been the Joe Rogan experience. Actually, people wearing hammer pants, and then somebody was like, um, "Hammer pants? Like yeah, the, like parachute pants. Parachute pants." Yeah. So I was like, "There's nobody wears hammer pants anymore." And then someone was like, "Yeah, go to Silver Lake. What? You know where the hipsters were." <laughs> That's how so I was commenting on that. And then so she, uh, so I, I made a comment about that, and she goes, "One of my best friends lives in Silver Lake. She's not extreme, <laughs> but for example, she goes to ballet classes. It's like athletic ballet." <laughs> Yeah, I, I know someone who. It's taught, a good workout. It's I think it's pronounced bar actually. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, Whatever. bar classes. Whatever. And then I showed a I showed a uh, video of 
um, an Under Armour ad with uh, this ballerina, uh, uh, African American ballerina, black ballerina. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. I think her name was Misty Copeland. It's Under Armour ad. And I was like, yeah, ballerinas are in shape. So I showed that video to Dana. And she goes, yeah, normally, normally ballerinas are much thinner, anorexic. And I was like, oh, oh. I just, I, I was like, oh. I was like, oh, I was like, <laughs> hold on a second. I was like, that just got really sad. And she was like, I'm sorry. <laughs> and, um, anyway, yeah, this is not making fun of anorexia. No, we're making fun of Dana. Let's yeah, we're making fun of Dana. <laughs> Um, and I, but uh, well, so how? So you work with Dana a lot. Is, is she better when she has no voice? Yeah, Dana's sharp, man. <laughs> no, when she has no voice, it's nicer to work oh, with her. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we know she's smart. That's a given. <laughs> you even made that damn baby laugh again. Whose baby is that? Yeah, no, it's, it's the house baby. House baby. You just keep the house baby around for laughing at my oh, jokes. That baby liked it. Yeah, put that I'm hilarious. Around. Um, I'm just kidding. Dana's great. Yeah. Um, Sorry, Dana. I, I shouldn't make fun of her because she's one of our only friends who listens to this. So. I actually I actually told her I would be talking about this. Talking about okay. this. And I don't think she was expecting me to go deep into <laughs> oh Dana moments, making fun of Dana Good. moments. Well, it happened. Yeah. That's what, what she's part of the File Door family now. She's that been is on true. it. So now that she's been kind of initiated in the family, we can make fun of yeah, her. Yeah, she's in the file uh, the file drawer universe. Yeah. Exactly. Like no? What? Like I would think like X Men, like, like X Men, like yeah. the Marvel universe. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm with you on that. Are you, track, are you tracking me? Yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> uh, we Man. actually hit everything on my awesome list of things to talk about. So what's 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 going on in your in in your life? Oh. Anything anything else that you wanted to uh, hit on today? Yeah, uh, well, this might be a good time to talk about. Uh, I need to make a little jingle for this, but. Useless Yahoo News. Ooh, yeah. Actually, no. And that. Oh, let me try that one more time. Mm-hmm. That was pretty good. <laughs> I was going to hit a button. <laughs> Useless Yahoo News. Challenge accepted. That was that was a good one. All right. Actually, let me pull up you on your mine. You also pull it up on yours. Yeah, I'm looking. I'm looking. Um, all right. What do we got here? On Yahoo, of course, we've got... And we're, is it now we're only talking about the useless stuff? Uh, or, yeah, I mean, just anything that kind of stands out. I think the useless is the more interesting. I'd just like to point out that Contrast. because I am... Uh, basically, my main task right now is grading exams, which for whatever reason, and this even goes back to my high school teaching days, grading anything is just like pulling teeth for me. Mm-hmm. So I'm super good at procrastinating, so I've been reading the crap out of Yahoo News recently. I am on top of my Yahoo game, um, which might mean I like have lost sense of what is useless and what is not useless because okay. I've just been so into it, you know? Yeah. Uh, here we go. You're like, this is great. Fantastic. Vegetarians get their holiday meal centerpiece. Non-meat eaters don't need to feel left out when it comes to elaborate, holi- elaborate holiday dishes. Behold the veggie duckin'. What? I don't know. It's some sort of you know the turducken. Yeah, but I know. But what's, this is a veggie duckin. I'm not clicking of, on it. Okay. It's, it's probably some sort of fake meat. Vegetables veg- inside of vegetables. Thing. Okay. That's important stuff. Important no. news. You find one? No. Oh. Let's, let's, let's hold off on this food okay. there real quick. So last night again, Netflix man. Uh, your biggest fan. We know you. Like, no, you love Netflix. I don't. You're, I hate you're hired by Netflix to, to hype it up on this podcast. No, it's fine. We understand. No. Um, but. Uh, 
you know, th- again, old show, whatever, but just kind of checking it out. Uh, Anthony Bourdain. I love uh, Anthony Parts Bourdain. Unknown. I want to hang out with Anthony Bourdain yeah. so badly. He seems like an awesome dude, man. He seems like an yeah. awesome, authentic dude. I've heard him on different you know, interviews and yeah, stuff. Same. Seems like he just says it like it is. He yep. seems like he's he's one of these guys who's like, um, um, you know, complex. Like, seems like a nice guy, but yeah. he's not like a, one of these sappy or whatever, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's kind of a, you know, he's kind of a badass. He, 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 can be, he can be a bit of a dick at, at times, but like in an authentic way. Yeah. Like, he's not going to put on some sort of face to make somebody else happy. Yeah. And that's, how he, that's how I perceive it. Yeah, whatever. same here. But um, they were in uh, Quebec, or it might have been all of Canada, but um, no, I think they were, the show was about Quebec. Quebec. Quebec City. Yeah, probably. The, yeah. Uh, is it a city or is it a... Well, it's, it's, a, it's a, a province, province, but the main city in Quebec is called Quebec yeah, I think city. it might have been about the whole province. Okay. In, in well, and, well, Montreal is in there, too. In the uh, French aspect of it and things like that. And the, um, I didn't know that show. I knew it was... It's a food show, but it's not at the same time. Mm-hmm. But they, they talk about the food and stuff. But, uh, you know, obviously, he also... I mean, that's what he does in all shows. He also likes to talk about the culture. You know, yeah. I think this one might just be more unknown spots that we never heard of. Type thing. Unknown aspects of areas that we never really thought of. Mm-hmm. But some of the meals of the uh, at these places that they went last night, dude. I may have seen this episode. Oh what kind of stuff did gosh. they? Gosh, did they have um, a did fried bologna sandwich at this one? Yep, at that restaurant that only makes fried bologna sandwiches, fried bologna. and you what, always get mustard you on have it. Have the mustard on it. You cannot so, have, not have mustard. Some, they had like a stuffed chicken or turkey or, or chicken. They had like yeah. a stuffed chicken in that episode. Is that the one where they also where they were ice fishing and they had like this really elaborate meal out like in the ice fishing shack? I, I might have missed that. Uh, one. That was at the very beginning, I but maybe it was a different one. one. Uh, it's it's the one where they had they went to the place that had the maple trees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, yeah. Oh, I just want to go there and eat like that. Yeah, that's what I want. That's why I want to be his friend. I just want to indulge. I'm pretty sure in high school my French class went. Well, I, I know they went to Quebec City, and I think they did that thing where they had like the meal at like the maple syrup like really? place. Yeah, that place. And looks... I didn't get to go. Um, oh. Unfortunately, I've been to Quebec City, but I didn't do that. But yeah, that seemed so. What was what was so cool about what did they do at this place? Uh, hey, I, I like that. Hey, he gave a little history of like um, I can't remember what they call these uh, uh, these facilities that used to be. It's like a remnant of the old culture of the area um, that used to kind of be up there for the people, I guess, to get the maple syrup. And mm-hmm. I don't know if it was a factory. It's not a factory. A place for people to go. I don't know exactly what, what they're called, but you know they had an old video of like people tapping the maple trees and stuff. Mm-hmm. But now it's like this complex system of tubes, yeah. just directly into in the in the trees. Yeah, and I'm like, it's fascinating. Yeah, and they have this. Um, they still called it whatever it used to be called. I can't keep up with it. Um, like, but almost like a not a warehouse, but like a almost like a cabin type thing, but it's huge. But this is like extravagant restaurant is in this place. Nothing yeah. is around. Right. It's like in the middle of nowhere kind of. Right? Yeah. yeah. And they in basically the just use the resources, I think, pretty much around them and other stuff. But, yeah. you know, they have, you know, different meats and stuff that you can probably hunt in the surrounding area. Lots of syrup-based Syrup-based stuff. Based stuff. <laughs> I mean, yeah. The meal opened up. And I, don't, I don't know if it was just a product of it being on TV, but it opened up with desserts yeah. <laughs> and stuff first. Yeah. And um, had some meal that uh, it was like a bowl with like this cheese stuff in it. With his other stuff put on it, like foie gras and all stuff, oh. and the guy was like, "Oh, we don't need you to do this, but I'm just going to put a lot of black truffle on it." <laughs> black truffle is like mad expensive, probably. And he was just <laughs> doing handfuls of black truffle. That's the guy. He's he's one of the restaurant tours from Quebec. I think he carries his own black truffles around with him. Oh, man. At least in the rest of that episode, I'm pretty sure. Like every place they went, he just like Dude. pulled out these black truffles and shaved it over whatever he was eating. And they gave history about just the you know, France, French influence yeah. on Quebec, and you know. 
and then the British, then taking over, then them yeah. trying to embrace and keep a hold of their French heritage and stuff. And they yeah. have like language laws and stuff. They, and, yeah, they do. Um, it's, I, I thought it was just a fascinating. All the episodes are probably fascinating, but that's the one I watched, and I, I thought that was especially fascinating. Yeah, I uh, I played a hockey tournament in Quebec when I was oh, what age was I? Like twelve or thirteen, maybe, maybe yeah, twelve or thirteen. It's this huge international hockey tournament where. Uh, teams come from around the world and like this the these teams in the united states they have like state-based tournaments first and the teams that win each state tournament get to wear their teams like nhl gear at this international tournament so we went to that and we like lived with the billet family for a week and a half and went and got to see all this cool quebec stuff but the main thing i remember a well first of all this tournament is just insane because like the best hockey player like best 11 12 year old hockey players in the world play at it so we played at the old NHL rink there, and they literally sold out all the games. Wow. We're talking like over 10,000 people at these wow. games watching 11- and 12-year-olds play hockey. Oh, man. Because people go – and then and the crazier thing, people – like when you're wearing like your team gear outside of the games, they ask you for autographs. Like you're signing autographs like an NHL player yeah. because lots of future NHL players play in this that. tournament. And everybody wants to say like, hey, I got his autograph when, I, when he was like 11 or yeah, 12. That's crazy. So like, for, for a week and a half of my life, I got to like be like this like, weird celebrity where That's I got awesome, to like man. sign. But the thing I remember, playing hockey in this arena, everybody in Quebec smokes. And they smoke inside. Yeah. There was like this cloud of smoke over the ice. And it was just, oh, it was terrible. Like I could not breathe. That's hilarious. But yeah, that was like the one of the coolest experiences of my life. Like I, I basically peaked as like an 11 or 12 year old. Um, <laughs> it's been all downhill since then. Do you think your autograph is like sitting in someone's like cupboard somewhere? They are going to be sorely disappointed. I hope they've thrown it away. But then I used to have, we got like hockey cards made up of us, of ourselves. I used yeah. to have a crap ton of extra ones, but I don't even know where they are. Maybe yeah. my parents have some. But it's funny because I was like roughly this size yeah. at that age, which is why I was a good hockey player. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's funny. Like, if you look at the card, like I weighed a lot less, but I was like maybe only one or two inches shorter than I am right yeah, now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I said, I peaked. Peaked as a middle schooler. <laughs> it's all downhill from here. The hockey thing reminds me of something else about that episode. Um, uh, at the end, they show the Canadians playing the Carolina Hurricanes. Oh, yeah, yeah, they do. Which is, you know, I'm from North Carolina, so I thought nice. that was hilarious. I was like, oh, it's and they were beating them. <laughs> Canadians were winning or Carolina was I think winning? Canadians. Okay, Canadians. Carolina's terrible. Yeah. Uh, they they were good. Yeah, yeah. No, you know, the last time they were good, when the Wings a long time ago. beat them. Really? And, wait, am I making that up? Didn't the Wings? I think the Wings played I think they won. I thought they won one. They have won one. Yeah, they did. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure the Wings beat. I think oh, so. Maybe I'm thinking of the Capitals. I don't know. It's yeah, been think, a while. I think, I think it's true. Yeah. Uh, uh, let's see. Oh yeah, yeah, good stuff. Selling this—this this is what I need. This is independent work right here, right? Um, uh, Secrets of the richest seller on Etsy. So I think it's talking about someone selling about seventy-five, six, sixty-five thousand dollars worth of goods a month what? on Etsy. What? What is this person making? What are they selling? Uh, Drugs? If I can't find it quickly, cocaine, uh, artisanal cocaine, artisanal. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Uh, I don't know if I want to go into this. Uh, trinkets. I mean, uh, oh, tr- trinkets. that's what Etsy is. It's trinkets. <laughs> you can buy non-trinket stuff at yeah, Etsy. Yeah. But, you know, I guarantee they're probably well done. And they're probably... Honestly, it looks well done. I, I, mean, I doubt it's like a lady sitting in her basement. I bet you it's a pretty professional organization. Yeah, Maybe. Um, here's an interesting little tidbit. Have you ever played Minecraft? I have not. Well, the creator just bought LA's most extreme home for $70 million. Which uh, home Beverly is it? Hills. I don't know. It's, it's on Yahoo. <laughs> it's crazy, though. What does it look like? It has a giant 
uh, candy bar, like <laughs> like these like tubes with like candy in them that are just like lined up like at a candy shop. Yeah, uh, and it has uh, iPad operated fountains in an infinity pool. It has like this giant sliding glass. It's the infinity thing. pools where you can't see the perimeter yeah. of the horizon yeah. or whatever of it, and uh, it's like right on, like, uh, on a cliff in Beverly Hills overlooking L.A. Uh, it's insane. And he is a guy who made a video game that was really, really popular. You know, I've never played the game. I know it's popular. It's fun. Um, I've, it's I've, blocks, right? Like, it's, yeah, I've invested a lot of a lot of hours into it. Actually, <laughs> I haven't played it recently, but for a while there, my brothers and I were playing it together. Like while I was here in California and they were back in Michigan, we would all get on together and just play together, like it's, building stuff. It's the blocks and, of things that you build, blocks, right? Yeah, I mean, basically, it's. It's like it's like virtual Legos almost. Yeah, you can you can build things. I mean, there's there can be like an element of um, obviously if you're if you're not playing in like a creative mode where you have access to everything, you have to go out and mine the materials that you use to then build the, the stuff. And there's like little monsters that run around. And you have to like not die. And we had it was a lot of fun to play with a bunch of people that you know all on the same world. Yeah, pretty cool. And that reminds me, I don't know where where this stuff is now, but years ago I remember like big. Things in, in this, these sort of big universal these worlds, Sand, like sandbox games. games, like Second Life. Remember that? Yeah, yeah. I, re- I remember them saying like people were making money like, oh, yeah. in the universe. Oh yeah, with you know because they were like selling art space or selling whatever. That's so crazy. To World me. of Warcraft people people make money selling in game stuff. Yeah. Diablo three, lots of people making money on wow. video game stuff. Wow, I know. I need to get my life. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I here's a sense of how much of a nerd I am, and especially used to be. I used to play a lot of StarCraft Two and WarCraft Three, um, but I I used to follow the professional StarCraft Two scene pretty closely, yeah. And like watch the major tournaments that were broadcast online, yeah. and like I had favorite players, and like kind of knew like the the, the go to tactics of like the the, yeah. the most famous players, the most successful players. I was into it. I That's would crazy. watch that stuff, man. Yeah. E- it, esports is growing like a lot, especially yeah. with uh, what's that Dota? Um, Dota. I was about, about to say Dota. Dota. Um, yeah, it's these uh, ma- it's like these online like arena games where basically you have two teams that compete uh, against each other. Um, so it's multiplayer, and essentially you're trying to destroy the other team's base while they're trying to destroy yours. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, those are super popular right now, yeah. and that's really what's driving uh, driving esports. I don't know. I haven't what, watched what, it. I haven't gotten into it in a while. What, 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 I used to call it esports. Esports. Electronic, electronic yeah, sports? yeah. Okay. So like, there's people who I mean, and they for not every game, but a lot of like Call of Duty, Counter Strike, um, StarCraft Two, Dota, League of Legends. Uh, these are yeah, all yeah. all games that have professional scenes and yeah. ter- people were making money. <laughs> you remember the movie back in the day? I think it was called The Legend. Oh, hold on a second. Hold on a second. No. <laughs> I don't know. Ooh, I'm about to age myself. <laughs> yeah. um, I have a feeling I'm not going to know it. Dude. Oh, man. Ah, oh, man. Oh, I'm sorry. Ah, oh, man. I'm just going to make noises into the mic until mm-hmm. I find it. Yeah, I'll probably edit this in anyway. Uh, no, you can't. You can't. Okay. Actually, do whatever you want. <laughs> um, actually, yeah. Uh, or, or I'll just narrate what you're doing. Um, oh, no. Uh, it was the movie where... A kid was basically going to compete in like a Nintendo or video game tournament, and his secret weapon, I think, was like the game, the the power glove. You remember? <laughs> yeah. oh. I remember the power glove oh. as an actual thing. I don't remember a movie about it though. It wasn't about the power glove, but yeah, I think you're just dating yourself. The wizard. The, the, the wi- oh gosh, the wizard. 
Dude. I've never even heard of this. Oh, man. Let me put this in. Oh, oh my gosh. Okay. This, this we, all I want to say is we've come okay, up. It's we, from 1989. We've come, I, was, I was two years old, Eric. Well, hold on a second. Hold on a second there. <laughs> hold on a second. You need to be better. Be a better baby. You need to be a better baby. Be like this baby. This baby that's been laughing. Yeah, yeah, be I like knew this, that was coming. Yeah. But, um. We've come a long way. This is terrible. It wasn't a good movie. <laughs> okay, so I'm not. I'm not missing anything oh, too much. No, 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 not okay. at all. Oh, oh I so I'm sorry. No, so I'm gonna keep on talking as this, um, you know, trailer and uh, the, the the what is the commercial and stuff plays. Okay, you got, but, you got something for us. You got got a little video for us uh, in, this, in this audio <laughs> podcast. I, honestly, the things I play, the audio is so <laughs> stupid. Excuse me. It's two hundred and twenty-six dollars. It's a twenty-seven dollars and thirty cents. What does that get us? No. Corey taking his brother Jimmy on a ride. These two boys already traveled more than eighty miles across the state. We hired someone to find him. What's his problem? He's just shy. It's a savage. Which is savage? Secret. Wonder years. Yeah. Could make this the ride of their lives. Look at it. He busts out the power glove. Here's the thing. The power glove was terrible. And I, I don't know if this is a marketing ploy to try to convince people yeah. that it was good. But the power glove was terrible. Yeah, I can't tell you I ever used one. I, remember seeing, uh, I don't even remember really wanting one. It might have been a little bit too much after. Oh my, my time. gracious! I don't. I, it might not have lasted that long. Yeah. But oh my goodness! I've got I've got some good good memories from uh, from video games back in the day. Like when I remember when my parents bought us uh, Sega Genesis. Like, yeah. And how big a deal it was. And like, coming home and like setting it up. It was. Uh, Wait, did you have the Fat Boy or the the, the slim down model? It was. It was I think out? it was kind of slimmed down. It yeah. wasn't like it, we didn't get it like right when it came okay, out. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I know we got Sonic and Knuckles, and Sonic and Knuckles had the cool cartridge that you could put yeah. another cartridge on top, yeah. and it would like change it up a little bit. Yeah, that was pretty sweet. Yeah, and I I, I remember too. I got a uh, an NES as a uh, as a a potty training gift. Huh. Like when I was finally potty trained, my parents got me an NES. Interesting. And okay. I was sweet at Mario. <laughs> and here, my if my youngest brother's listening to this, I don't know if he knows this, but. Yeah. Like, because the, the, the caliber of the potty training gift went down significantly each for each kid. So by the time it got to Max, I'm not sure he got anything. Maybe like maybe my dad like shook yeah, his hand. Yeah, they're like, oh, good job. <laughs> like, yeah, way to, way to yeah. not be crapping on yourself anymore. Or, yeah, or you were the worst. Yeah. You were like the <laughs> worst like, Oh, my God. We don't know how to get this kid to poop in the yeah. toilet. What do, we, what do we have to offer him? I know yours maybe yours smelled extra bad or something. <laughs> they're just extra grateful. Well, I think uh, leaving a podcast on Poop Talk is the greatest uh, ending we could possibly have. <laughs> Unless you have anything else. Um, nah. Yeah. Uh, right. I got nothing else. Oh, wow. Sam? <laughs> Stop it. I'm, I'm Personally, it. I am impressed that we went seven episodes before we talked about poop. 